We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, Nets fans, and welcome to another episode of the Brooklyn Buzz podcast presented by otgbasketball.com. I am your host, Nick Faye. With me, my Australian friend, Jack Manuel. What's up, Jack? Nick, we're out of getting coaches fired in Brooklyn. What's <laughs> going on here? We're, we're, we're coach killers. Coach killers out here. You know, did not expect that one on Sunday night. The Nets are super banged up. They go into Memphis and get the W. No Jeremy Lin, no Alan Crabb, no D'Angelo Russell. Rondé comes out early in that game. You know, and the Nets didn't have much energy at that point when Rondé came out. Next thing you know, bounce back, pull off the W in Memphis, and Fisdale's fired the next day. What were your thoughts on that game? Right, your yeah. initial reaction. We'll, we'll kind of go through quarter by quarter. Yeah, so the start of the game, it seemed like Memphis was sort of dictating the tempo, Nick. You know, we were we were around the mark, but we weren't able to get into our sort of pace and space offense. Um, from uh, from memory, I think the Grizzlies are, are bottom three when it comes to their pace. And they yep. like to slow things down, the whole grid. 28th, and Ryan. I believe. 28th, yeah. And we're, I, I believe we're still first um, last time I looked in, in terms of pace. So we like to move it. We like to get into to quick sets, you know, get get the open guys, get get in running. Um, but that just couldn't happen in the first half. But the third quarter, things just seemed to click. Um, you know, the offense got going. We went on this 22-6 uh, to six run. And then for the entire third quarter, we outscored the Grizzlies 32-18. to 18. So we were able to dictate the, the game, get it on our terms more. And because our game allows us to sort of, you know, we shoot threes, we get quick, we can have quick possessions, um, we like to make the most of the possessions in transition. You know, we can get into to big leads. Um, so, it, and but the fact that the Grizzlies sort of clawed it back a little bit towards the end of the third and the fourth, but then there was the um, the obvious, uh, the real controversial issue of Fisdale benching Marcus on the fourth. Um, you know, we can save that for a Grizzlies podcast. I'm sure there's plenty of Grizzlies podcasts out there that can chat about that. But um, it was nice it's just because it was unexpected in a way. But I was also 
you know, going into the game semi-confident because, you know, our boys are just, they've got a lot of heart. And I think that comes from Coach Kenny. Um, he's really instilling our guys with, with a lot of confidence no matter what, who's out there and, and next man up mentality. Yeah, like you said, the game kind of, you could feel it. Early on, I remember tweeting like the Nets had no juice. Memphis was kind of getting into them defensively. It seemed like they weren't getting into their sets until under 10 seconds on the shot clock. Then, you know, late second, it kind of picked up a little bit the pace. And like you said, third quarter, big run. Fourth quarter, we're just trying to hold on to lead. And then obviously the Marcus Gasol benching in the fourth. But who really stepped up for me, it was an impressive game from Damari Carroll. Yes. Like he really came up. He hit a lot of big threes and... You know, he just seemed like he was making plays exactly when the Nets needed it. Also, I know Coach Kenny mentioned this. Uh, Karis LeVert, Trevor Booker brought some great energy off the bench. LeVert has looked great of late. I mean, I'm I'm so happy to be watching LeVert attack the rim the way he has. And a few times he probably should get a foul call, but he doesn't. But it'll come eventually. Yeah, not to throw any shade at D'Lo here, Nick, because he's my boy. And I wrote a, a really nice piece on him on OTG. Very good. Hashtag. Hashtag shameless self-promotion. But do you, think the, um, do you think the injury to D'Lo has almost helped Karras in a way? Yeah, it definitely has. Not to, And I don't think it's throwing shade. I think it's just the opportunity. Yeah. And the fact that D'Lo and Jeremy Lin are both out, the Nets need a second ball handler. And like we've known, you know, Sean Kilpatrick, Isaiah Whitehead have been inconsistent. Whitehead had a nice game in Houston. We'll talk about that later. But Karras has been somebody – Coach Kenny's starting to be able to rely on as that secondary ball handler or as the primary ball handler when then when he goes to the bench. So it's a great asset. Me personally, going forward in the NBA, I think you want as many ball handlers and playmakers yep. as you possibly can at every position. So having a Karras, having a Spencer, having a D'Lo, and a Jeremy Lin possibly if he ever comes back healthy, it just sets the Nets up in a great position to have some real playmakers, especially when you got shooters like a Joe Harris and Alan Crabb who can really light it up. Joe Harris, your guy, you know, oh boy. Jack is trying to get my man in the three-point contest. And I, I think like he possibly could get in. Like, yo, when he's coming off the screen at the top of the key, and if he has any type of space, it's almost like a knockdown three. I just so love, he's been huge. I love his form. I just absolutely love his form. But yeah, going back on your point, Nick, about the ball handlers. You know, you look at the the prototype, um, the 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 be all and end all out in Golden State. Th- those death lineups. There's five ball handlers out there. Maybe not Clay so much. Um, obviously, he's a bit more of an off ball player. But you know, four to five ball handlers. You know, I can see Coach Kenny in the future playing lineups with Lynn D'Lo and Lavert. And I think in ways it can work because you know they've all apart from Lynn really, they're all sort of long. They're all sort of stretchy. They've all got the handle. Um, and I think you know you can experiment with those sort of lines. So in the future, you know. <laughs> Knock on wood, hopefully there's a, there's a day that they come to them we're all healthy um, and doesn't really happen very often, especially this season. But, um, yeah, it definitely gives us some experimentation. Yeah, big shout-outs as well to Mari Carroll. Four of six from three, six rebounds. Also put up two assists, two steals and a block. And then your boy uh, Trevor Booker, that putback slam was just That was awesome. mean. Get the muscles up. He posted a double-double, 16 points, 11 rebounds. It just shows the value of the veterans that are having on our squad. Like, Joe Harris is an experienced guy, 26 years old. He's not really a vet, but he's had his time in the NBA. Trevor Booker, Damari Carroll, these are guys that know what know how the NBA works. They know how to put up buckets. They know how to make a play. And that's having an impact on our young guys. That's having an impact on on Karis LeVert. Um, looking at some of the, the Nets' Facebook pages, which I'm following and a part of, everyone's really happy with the acquisition of Carroll just because of the mentoring influence he's having on D'Angelo Russell. And I'm sure... That's still a thing because Dealer's obviously on the road trip, as we've seen from um, 
Sean Kilpatrick and Rondé Snapchat. So uh, he's a part of the squad. And, you know, Damari Carroll, Trevor Booker, those guys, Alan Crabb, Joe Harris. It's just a nice blend right now. Now, we, we always chat about like trade rumors or whatever, but let's just enjoy the now and having them for what they are because as much as we're not going to, you know, win 50 games this season, we're a lot of fun to watch and there's a lot of heart and a lot of grit. Yeah, I mean, you love this group. I think this group of players is easy to love, but I want to talk to Mari Carroll and that trade. The fact that we traded Justin Hamilton, picked up Damari Carroll, a first and a second round pick, that is looking like an amazing trade. Just one, not that, like you said, we're not going to win 50 games, but Carroll's helping our players develop. He's helping us win games in the meantime, and he still has, you know, a few years on his contract. So it's not the worst case because he's actually living up to the hype if he can just stay healthy. Yeah, so you're I, looking. I agree with you because you look at his contract, it's not that bad. Like, it's not a Mozgov contract, a Luau Dang contract. Like, he's actually contributing. And, like, he's a wing. He's a 3 and D guy. He's, he's got the hustle. Um, he, he fits in today's... He's a prototype of what you want in today's NBA. Um, so, you know, we got... I think the second round would have been enough for, to get rid of Justin Hamilton. But the fact that we almost got a guy in Tamara Carroll, I was always confident. Um, I, I think both of us were going into the season, just looking at him in the preseason, we mentioned in the earlier Brooklyn Buzz pods just how his legs have looked. Um, healthy, healthy. Yet, he looks healthy, and despite the fact that he's um he missed that Rockets game with a with a bit of a chest problem, upper respiratory problem, uh, Brian Lewis on Twitter tweeted out um, that, that he's going to be fine for the next game against the Mavs. He wasn't even listed on our injury list, so he's going to miss a game or two. But you know, at the same time, he's there. He's part of the squad, and he's absolutely contributing. Um, and then some. Yeah, and you can definitely feel his presence on the court. Just a veteran out there, especially when they have the super young groups. So that's always amazing. Also, our guy Jared Allen is starting to pick up some minutes here and there. You know, yep. he's had his pros and cons on the floor. You definitely see the rookie mistakes, but you also see the flashes of athleticism and the ability to actually defend a pick and roll where sometimes you have Zeller and Mozgov who really can't do much. So that versatility that Allen is just going to consistently get all season, I think is going to be huge. But anything else you want to mention about the Memphis game that really stuck out to you? Yeah, so our shooting, Nick, 44.9% from three, 13 of 29, holding the Grizzlies to, to 32% um, from three and 40% from the floor. Um, our rebounding, again, was really good when we get that on those boards. Impressive. Rebounding. Yep, um, so 53 to 42 there. And despite the fact that we had more turnovers, we were able to capitalize uh, in the fast break and off the Grizzlies' turnover themselves. We were 23 points to the Grizzlies' nine um, off turnovers and 21 to 13 in the fast break. So... Despite the fact that we might not have taken care of the ball amazingly, when we capitalize on those opportunities and get into the fast break, that's when we look really dangerous. For sure. Yeah, we had hustled and we just, everyone's like the grit and grind of Memphis, but um, you know, the grit and grind, the Brooklyn grit is what won out. It really did. So, I mean, I, it's just nice to see. And Coach Kenny did, I mean, an absolutely great job. Like I said at the beginning of the pod, you know, they were without arguably four of their top five players if you want yes. to throw Carroll in the top five, you know, top five or something. Um, and they come out and they get a double-digit win on the road. Obviously, we have to take it with somewhat of a grain of salt because Memphis was on an eight-game losing streak, now nine. Marcus Sol bench in the fourth. Mike Conley's injured. Grizzlies aren't a very good team, but with the injuries we have, we can't feel bad for anybody. Absolutely not. And I want to point out, Spencer Dinwiddie, even though he struggled in the first half and he had a rough shooting night, I still felt positive impacts from his game on the floor. I think that's the great thing about him, Nick. You know, we love it when we see those pull-up threes and when he gets those 20-point nights. But even when he's not active uh, on the box score when it comes to the points, you look at his um, the entire box score, he's always had 
five to seven assists. He barely has more than two turnovers. So he's always involved and he might not have a great shooting night, but he's always, you know, he's a big part of why we are able to get our flow in offense. Like he's the one that finds the look for Damari half the time. Um, He's been, you know, I've mentioned this a million times, I'm going to harp on it, but he's been symptomatic of when we play well. You know, Spencer Dimwitty generally is a big part of it, whether it's, you know, with assists, with his passing game, or he's able to get to the line, or he's able to get guys good looks. Yeah, and I think that makes – some of the passes he's thrown have been extremely, you know, pinpoint accurate, and he just keeps getting more confident in that pick and roll. I think right now he might be a little fatigued. You know, yeah. looking last night in Houston, looking at Memphis game, he doesn't seem to have maybe the same energy, but like you said, he's still having a positive impact. Obviously, going from playing 20 minutes a game and not being a primary player on the team to going to being, you know, the lead ball handler of the team and playing 30 plus minutes and not only, you know, being responsible for a lot offensively, he's usually on the other team's best point guard. Exactly. And and I mean, he's a he's quite he's a decent defender as well. So to... you just got to watch out with those fouls. That's that's really been hurting his game. Yeah, we, we remember that Lakers game. That's the one thing that really hurt us. And despite the fact that D'Lo is healthy, um, if didn't really had have been, you know, because when he was on, he, he was on. So, and the fact that we, we really lack that depth. So if he can sort of rein that in a little bit, then it's certainly going to help his game. But, you know, the time will come. And it comes with, it comes with like you mentioned, with fatigue. You know, you, you stretch out that hand, you go for that reach that you shouldn't go for. And those silly fouls come. And, you know, before you know it, you've got 3,000 in the second quarter. So he's just going to be a little more careful, but you know, nothing but good things from, um, from Spencer. Exactly. He's getting better every game. And some of that comes with having, you know, the lack of a rim protector on the nets, but enough about the Memphis game, which was just, you know, a good all around team win, something the nets can really build on last night. They played Houston Rockets, you know, arguably the best team in the NBA right now, scorching hot. James Harden is just dominating everybody. Chris Paul's back a ton of weapons all over the floor. But, hey, the Nets, you know, stayed in this game for the most part. Obviously, it got to a 20-point lead at some points, but they were able to keep a little bit of pressure on the Rockets. And missing, you know, Alan Crabb, D'Lo, Jeremy Lin, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, and Damari Carroll, I was not disappointed with the performance I saw from this Nets squad. No, it, it seems like it seems to be a consistent theme for us, Nick. Whenever we jump on Brooklyn Buzz, it's very rare that we'll go in on many Nets players or – just we're always really happy with the effort. And that's what you want from, from a team. Like, you, you can only ask so much against, for me, what I think is the best player in the NBA right now and uh, the best team, sorry, and the best player with James Harden. You know, we'll be coming out with our power rankings on OTG Basketball. I had them at number one. Um, they've just been absolutely lights out from three. Their three and D system has gone to a new level. Their defense has gone up. James Harden, um, if he's not the MVP, then I don't know who is. You know, LeBron's probably a close second, but... Um, he's been absolutely outstanding. 20 of his 37 points came against us in the third, first quarter. In fact, he was when he went out of the game at the 128 mark, he was actually outscoring the entire Nets team. Like he, He's phenomenal to watch. He's just an otherworldly offensive beast. Um, he was five from five from three-point range in that first quarter. Um, but the Nets made some nice adjustments in the second. You know, Coach Kenny getting really creative with that zone defense. And it shocked the, the Rockets a little bit, you know. The, despite the fact that we went down by double digits, 15 points in today's NBA is, is nothing. And the fact that, you know, we were able to fight and we were able to still, still play our game, it was still a decent performance when you lose basically probably your entire starters. Like that, those five names that you mentioned, that's probably our five best players. I, I yeah. would not hesitate to say that. 
Yeah, exactly. And when you lose those guys and you're playing one of the best teams, it's tough. But like you said, shout out to James Harden. He's probably one of my favorite players in the league. Not only is he playing like one of the best players in the league right now, but like you said, he's probably one of the most exciting players to watch right now. You know, he's always has the ball in his hands, pick and roll, driving to the rim. I think he's a ton of fun. But back to the net side, I love when they threw out the zone. I thought it was kind of cool, you know, throw out something different, switch it up. And, hey, it's a nice key to have in your back pocket, especially if Kenny's in a you know jam somewhere down the road when things actually matter. It's good to have little tools like that to throw at an offense that's really cooking. Absolutely. And Coach Kenny said himself that it was the first time he's ever done it. So to quote him following the game, he was like, uh, quote, when they scored 43, it was like, we've got to do something different here, guys. They scored a lot of points, but it helped to slow them down and at least made them pause and make them think a little. I always thought about it. and I've never had the guts to try it. So the fact that he had the guts to do it, not in, not in like a preseason game against like a Knicks or a Sixers, but in a full-on, full-blown NBA game against the best team in the NBA, um, that takes a heap of guts. And there's not many coaches out there that would go on a whim to do that. So, I mean, it shows the, the support that he's got from a Sean Marks. And, you know, we were talking about Coach Fisdale's firing. Um, Coach Kenny's going to be here for a long time, Nets fans. So there's nothing to worry about there. Yeah, definitely for sure. But let's talk about the players in this game a little bit. Big game from Isaiah Whitehead. Yeah. You know, he was 10, 10 to 16 from the field. One of five from three is not nice. Uh, five turnovers isn't great, but 24 points. He definitely had some really good moves. Still, the problem with Whitehead is always going to be decision-making and what he can do as a playmaker or if he's just more of that shooting guard. But you had to like some of the flashes you've seen from him last night. Look, absolutely. The guy's been in, in, in and out of the G League, and he was called up on, on Monday morning. Like, you can only you can only say good things about his performance. Like the turnovers, yeah, wasn't great, but the hustle that the, the guy had, the fact that he stepped up um, out of nowhere, like, because we, we were saying um, in the past that, you know, Sean Kilpatrick might've overtaken him in the, in the rotation, but Isaiah certainly put his name forward with a performance like that. And it just shows that despite the fact that we've had injuries, every guy is, is making, putting their name out there, showing coach Kenny, Hey, give me some minutes. Hey, I deserve it whether it was Kilpatrick the other night when we were talking about in that Portland win, it's it's really nice to see the fact that it shows the culture of Brooklyn right now and the whole Nets franchise is really positive. And it's not the fact that, like, you know, even a Mozgov, we, we've shit on him plenty in this Brooklyn Buzz pod, but he's had moments where he's, you know, been rebounding okay. He's actually doing some things that benefit the team. Um, yes, he's had his DNPs, but he's still, you know, out there producing when, when being asked. Same with Sean Kilpatrick, same with Quincy Acey. All these guys who are, you know, probably like 9 to, to 12 in, in the rotation, they're doing stuff for Coach Kenny, and they're not doing it out of spite and going, hey, this is what I should be, give, you know, give me more minutes. They're doing it because it benefits the team, and they want to play for Coach Kenny. Um, it's just nice to see, and I'm always going to be, I'm never going to be hard on a young guy like an Isaiah Whitehead who's still trying to find his legs in today's NBA. And, you know, I think he's got a place on this Nets team, especially because, you can never have, as you mentioned earlier, Nick, you can never have too many ball handlers. And when he has those sort of nights, you know, there might be few and far between, but you know, there's going to be those times when we need it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's just the development. He's still a young player. He's a second round pick. You know, you don't really expect a ton out of him. He still needs time in the G League. And like you said, I think they brought this up on the broadcast how, or I, I it might even been you and I talking about this at one point too, is just how yeah. like every player is ready to go as soon as Kenny calls in them. Like Sean Kilpatrick, for example, he wasn't playing much at all. He still comes out and plays. Honestly, you know, I'm not a big fan of Moscow, but the last two games are probably some of his best basketball. You could actually feel his presence inside a little bit. Obviously, he had that terrible missed layup. 
in that one game, and he got punked by Chris Paul last night. But there were some positive moments out there from Moskov, which is good to see. Yeah, the fact that, like, um, I can't remember if I mentioned on our last Brooklyn Buzz where he was his agent was talking about the fact that he looked tired and, and the reasoning behind his DNPs was um, his lack of conditioning following his um, his Euro basketball, you know, that's that might have been an, an issue with him because you know Moskov is obviously that big sort of lumbering guy. He's not as fleet foot as as Jared Allen or even Tyler Zeller for that matter. But you know, as you mentioned, Nick, any guy is going to step up for, for us. You know, if we make a move for a guy in the G League, um, you talk about even last year, guys like Troy Daniels, um, Archie Goodwin, these sort of guys. You know, we could get back, and I wouldn't be surprised if they they made an impact or whoever we pick up, whether it's an international guy um, off the waivers. I, I back whatever Sean Marks and Coach Kenny do because they instill the confidence and the will in our players to play the right way uh, and the right way, the Brooklyn way. Well, you mentioned bringing up uh, a G League guy. And obviously, you know, Whitehead did have the good game last night, and Kilpatrick has been struggling. What are your thoughts on bringing up somebody like a Milton Doyle who had a nice summer league for the Nets? And I know some fans have been kind of bickering about it. Maybe bring him up and give him a chance. Look, if there's a time to do it, Nick, it's got to be now. Um, you look at it, maybe not on the, you wouldn't probably do it in the middle of a road trip because obviously that messes with the continuity a little bit. Um, might mess with the the player itself, um, getting his sort of head right. It'll probably be better, you know, start him off lightly uh, at a home game at Barclays. Um, but I, I can't see why, why it wouldn't happen. Um, obviously, it's still only 20 games or so into the season. So it's a bit early to be making you know, any huge rash moves. Um, so obviously guys like Doyle won't be having, you know, 20 minutes a night. But, you know, if Isaiah is able to produce, then there's no reason why any of our other G League two-way guys can't. Um, so I, I don't. I think Nets fans' frustration levels, while they might be warranted somewhat, um, you can't complain with, with what we've been, when it comes to how we've been producing. Y- yes, there's um, ways to be better and, and we've got a ways to go, but... With what we've got and in terms of the depth that we have, you can't really complain. Yeah, I think, you know, just given the injuries, and we've yeah. said this before on this podcast, just losing D'Angelo Russell and Jeremy Lin is huge. But the fact Alan Crabb is missing games, Rondé has been banged up. You know, he missed games earlier this year. He's most likely going to miss more time with the injury he had. So it's definitely tough, and it's it's nice to see the young guys play hard. And, like, I'm enjoying watching Karis LeVert handle the ball a lot and the opportunity just seeing him develop. If he can just start to hit his three-point shot, he'll be looking real good. Oh, yeah. How about That's, the threes, though, Nick? Yeah, oh, the threes in the Rockets game. We didn't cool. even talk about that. Breaking yeah. records out here. 89 three-points attempted between the Rockets and the Nets last night. It was kind of awesome to watch. It's cool to be part of history, and we know the Nets jack up threes. And, and Jack, you were telling me the Rockets average, like, over 44 threes a game. Which, which is, is ridiculous. Insane because we're second and we average just over 33 a game, which is ridiculous as well. Um, there's going to be times, you were mentioning to me as well, Nick, the fact that, you know, 53s is almost nothing for this Rockets team. Um, it's uh, Doyle Morey has, and, and Mike D'Antoni are a match made in heaven. We love our guys, um, Kenny, Coach Kenny and, and Sean Marks, but they've got something out there in Houston that we'll, we'll be aspiring to as well. We're, we're developing a system as well that um, I think we're, there's standards that have been set with Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, Daryl Morey, uh, Coach Ainge, um, not Coach Ainge, Danny Ainge and, and Coach Stevens. Um, I think we're developing nicely, a nice little chemistry at Brooklyn because, you know, we've, we're almost like babies. We're almost learning a little bit. We're seeing what 
we could be if we had the talent, if we had the experience, because, you know, we don't have an MVP. D'Lo's probably our guy. And in, in ways, he has a similar sort of game to, to James Harden. I mean, you look at like a Karis LeVert who could be, um, who has star potential, maybe not superstar potential, but he certainly has the potential to be a very solid starter in today's NBA. But yeah, we're 33 and, you know, you look at the, the difference in the percentage on the night. We, we shot 39 of them, but we made 10 of them. The Rockets, meanwhile, shot 50 of them, made 20 of them. Yeah. So it shows that, you know, when it comes to, there's going to be, we're going to have our off nights, but the fact that, we're still confident enough to, to jack them up despite the fact that we're only making a paltry 25 or so percent. Um, I'll back that. I, I like seeing that. I like guys that are, are still willing to shoot their shot, as they say. Yeah, and it's part of the offense. And you brought up a great point. You know, you talk about the relationship with Marks and Kenny Atkinson, which is something definitely that is a nice combo. But D'Antoni and Atkinson, Atkinson is part of D'Antoni's coaching tree. So he, you know, coach, he was an assistant coach for him, I believe, when he was in New York. So not only is, you know, we have influences from the Spurs and Houston, so it's like a combination. We kind of have that offensive pot of the Rockets, but we need to start playing more defense like the Spurs. Yeah. But it's nice to see the influence for the Nets. And I, and I think as well, Nick, you, you can add in at Atlanta as well. Um, yeah, Atlanta too, yep. And, and even like a the, little Golden State kind of. But even though there's no true ties, the basketball is a little bit similar. And I've seen articles written about Brooklyn playing similar ways of Golden State. Definitely. You look at sort of our, our motion offense. Um, there's a lot. We really value um, getting good open shots. The the assists we like to to screen a lot. Whether for our for our open guys, whether it's for Crab or whether it's for Harris. Um, there's a lot of similarities. And you know, into the old, you know, those those six that sixty win Atlanta team, which Demario Carroll was a part of, coincidentally. But that wraps it up for today. We'll be dropping another pod later this week. Jack, as always, thank you for hopping on. And you can always listen to the Brooklyn Buzz on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and otgbasketball.com. Go Nets. Okay, let's say you're on vacation or out running errands and you want to see what's going on at home. Or you're at home and you want to see what your dog's getting up to downstairs. With self-protection from Xfinity, you can keep an eye on things no matter where you are with live and recorded video, all on your terms. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash self-protection. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires Xfinity Internet and compatible XFi gateway. Professional monitoring not included. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.